Helen Hogan welcoming you to the Prairie Doc radio program. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, is in the studio. He's ready to answer your questions of a medical nature. Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He's a primary care physician with the Avira Medical Group Brookings and a clinical professor at the University of Sanford School of Medicine. And he has returned from the briny deep. It's good to see you, Dr. Holm. <laughs> good to be seen. Yes. What? what? I, I missed you because I needed some advice in a bad way. And where oh. were you? Joan tried and I... What kind of advice well, do you need? Well, I swallowed a bunch of gas. Oh, yeah? And I kind of liked it. Oh. And then, a couple days later, I was eating a, a, a cinnamon roll with a plastic fork, and when I got done, I noticed one of the tines was missing, and I swallowed it, so oh. I was kind of worried about that. Ooh. And Beth has been kind of upset with me, and I found a half a can of lye under the sink. Our oh. drains aren't plugged, and the last bowl of ice cream I had burned my mouth, so I'm just wondering, should I be worried? <laughs> yeah. A lot of questions there. What do you think? <laughs> I think you're full of gas. Um, <laughs> Good deception. So, a, a plastic time will find its way through, and um, and you probably uh, did not swallow that lie, or you'd be lying somewhere <laughs> underground by now. So all in all, you're safe, Bob. You are safe. <laughs> well, that takes Thank care you. of Dr. Holmes' initial response to all the medical concerns of mm. the nation, right? Dr. Yes. Holmes, in your absence, every single week, we have begun the program talking about the flu. It is not good. It has been no. horrible in the state. And you would still advise people, if they have not gotten a flu shot, go ahead and get it. Is that you know, correct? as inadequate as the flu shot is this year, uh, it uh, it may cover some things for next year, although we don't uh, encourage it for that reason. It is the best thing that we do have for this year. And, uh, and so I would encourage people, if you have not had your flu shots, to still get it. Uh, it's in that 20-30% effective uh, range. Uh, the second thing is your, your very best uh, way of, of preventing getting it is to keep your dirty hands out of your eyes and your nose uh, or wash your hands really well before you put them in your eyes and nose and then wash your hands really good after you've messed with your nose and your eyes <laughs> because you'll be spreading it. That's probably your most common way of spreading uh, influenza or the common cold which can also be um, dangerous to you. Well, let's hope that people are paid attention because it has been a terrific flu season throughout the country and especially in South Dakota. We it, have had some yeah. loss of life. It yes, just breaks your heart when you know it's a virus that... And uh, it hasn't peaked yet. Uh, no. It will continue for two months after the peak. And we might be at the peak about now, uh, okay. but uh, maybe not. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to take our first break, but uh, when we return, we'll be on a happier note, right? Yes. Yes, more cheerful. And, uh, oh, we'll talk about cancer. That's a really oh, happy Oh, thank you. Topic. I'm so looking forward to that. Okay, we're taking our break. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you with us today. I'm so pleased to have Dr. Holm back with us as well. Uh, he's been missing for a couple of weeks, and it, it obviously it shows. He looks healthy, hearty, and happy. Their day does not go by that someone doesn't stop me and say, I don't want to bother you, but how is Dr. Holm? I get that question almost yeah. every day, and it's not a bother. I'm really happy. I can report now. You're looking great. Yeah. Well, Your health and is you good. Know, just before uh, we took off on uh, our month uh, break, 
Uh, I did a, a CAT scan of the uh, area in question, and the two nodes that had been growing, uh, and we were worried about, uh, shrank. So oh, right. uh, that implies that they were not cancer-filled, but that were just inflammatory nodes. And so that's very good news for me. Uh, it doesn't, you know, the, the oncologist said at that point, well, there's a 30 to 40% chance that you could have a cure then. But, of course, that means uh, 67% chance that, you don't. That, that it'll come <laughs> back. But I don't think they really know with my kind of cancer. It was an unusual form of pancreatic cancer and so mm -hmm. uh, on pathology. And so, you know, the typical um, uh, kind of uh, numbers, we really don't know. So I'm just taking one day at a time you know what i mean life is life. it is what it is and you're enjoying what well, it i'm going to soak in every moment i'm going to savor every friendship i am going you know and if someone uh, goes at me for criticizing me for doing something that i've done wrong which you know you do as you a do human, you make mistakes um, yeah <laughs> uh then so be it uh to thine own self be true i'm uh, i'm trying to do the right thing and uh, my heart is pure on that and there so you go. Heck with it. Well, do it. <laughs> talking about doing the right thing. Yeah. Last Thursday, have fun. on your TV program, you were talking about bugs and insects, and yeah. the one thing that caught me on their program, I had never thought of, was eighty percent of life forms are insects. Really, isn't that it just, amazing? That just blew them. Eighty percent. Well, of life, yes. We're just up to our whatevers and insects. You know, and uh, and uh, tiny little bugs that are growing on us. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, so they did. Uh, these genetic tests on us, right? They, they, and I've said this before, and I know you've heard it before, but I, I just have to, it just blows me away to just say it out loud again. Uh, they didn't know this until they went uh, genetically uh, looking at what uh, are the genes on the, on the cell body, you know, uh, on us. And they found that 80%, no, what is it, 60% no. of our body uh, or or more is uh, or ten times as many cells on our body are not us uh, than uh, than our than are us. In and other words, uh, that they suspect that um, we are really a just like Pigpen in Snoopy. You know this little bug. We're carrying a lot of dirt. We're carrying a lot of dirt on us, and um, good thing because if it weren't for all those bugs growing on us, we'd be dead because we live symbiotically with them. And so, uh, you know, the idea of washing your hands so that you're perfectly sterile because, ooh, we're, you know, all these dirt, you know, you don't want to wash them too, bad, too hard or you'll lose the good bugs that are growing on you. <laughs> we live with a microbiome. You know, we are a world of anatomy around us, and it's not just us, but all sorts of other things that are growing that make us us. Well, it was an interesting program last week, and those who watched, I'm sure, enjoyed it. If you didn't catch it, you can catch it now on um, your website, which is Prairie Doc, D-O-C. It always comes up Prairie Duck. Yeah. If you don't say it, you pull it up, on, and they try to get you to Prairie Duck. I don't know who the Prairie Duck is, but it's prairiedoc.com, and you can catch all the previous programs. Now, this week, tomorrow night, you're going to be live again and talking about a topic that is not near and dear to you, but definitely near to you, and that's cancer. Yeah, we're going to talk about screening for cancer. Screening. We'll take all cancer questions, you know, but okay. screening. How do you find it? How do you catch it early? 
Okay. Um, and uh, that'll be an interesting talk. It well, really it will. will be very interesting. Yeah. We're going to talk about all kinds of cancer uh, screening and so on. Well, good. Well, we're going to take our fi- our second break. Um, when we get back, if you have any questions about cancer screening, I know Dr. Holm would like to talk about it. We just got a call in from a woman on a different topic, and we'll get to your question right after these words. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening today. And Dr. Holm is here, and he's ready to answer a woman's call, a woman's question. She called in, and she's 67 years old, and she'd like to know what are the symptoms of a bowel obstruct. Does it involve aches and pains in the lower back and tightness in the lower intestinal area? If um, you have a bowel obstruct, what can you do to relieve it? And what are the tests for it? And what should she do? Right. Well, the, the bowel obstructions that commonly occur present with cramping pain. The, the, the type of pain that a person has when there is an obstruction of a smooth muscle tube is cramping, can't get a comfortable position. They're all over the room. Um, uh, when you're, you walk in the room and examine them, you know, they're, laying, they're sitting on the table or in the chair squirming. Because they're uncomfortable. No matter they're what. uncomfortable. Uh, but there are a lot of smooth muscle tubes that will give you the same cramping, misery, nausea, vomiting, uh, abdominal discomfort. What other smooth muscle tubes are there? Well, the main smooth muscle tube that we have starts in the mouth and ends in the anus. You know, that whole line. You know, it's the esophagus, the stomach. And, you know, all of that smooth muscle tube works because of the toothpaste tube squeezing, the peristalsis that moves things through the smooth muscle tube. What other smooth muscle? And if it gets obstructed, it says, ooh, come on, push it through, get it through. And it hurts. And it hurts. What other is a smooth muscle tube? A kidney uh, is a smooth muscle tube itself. The ureter, which is the tube out of the kidney down to the bladder. The bladder itself. The uh, urethra, which is the tube from the bladder out into the uh, wild uh, blue yonder. So all of that renal collecting system is a smooth muscle tube. Is the that ureter... Why, is I mean, that why kidney stones are so painful? Because right. it keeps it, trying to move it through and it won't It's trying move? to move it through. Peristalsis okay. is happening, trying to push that, that, that kidney stone through. it's not moving. Through. No. Right. Okay. Here's another one. The uterus is a smooth muscle tube. So there's a baby in it and the <laughs> uterus is trying to squeeze it get out like a toothpaste to get out of here. <laughs> it's time. And the squeezing goes on, and of course it's a cramping, terrible pain. Uh, but other, you know, the the fallopian tubes is a smooth muscle tube. Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, bile duct is a, is a smooth muscle tube, which uh, gave me the discomfort <coughs> that clued me in on a pancreatic blockage. And so, uh, uh, as is the pancreatic duct itself. So uh, there are, you know, many smooth muscle tubes. And when there's an obstruction, you get a cramping discomfort. She described it as... Uh, Aches, well, there it is. It's uh, uh, aches and pains in the lower back. Now, uh, people will talk about uh, gallbladder, which is a smooth muscle tube, pain. Um, And when it's trying to push through, the pain that you have from the gallbladder is under the scapula. Uh, or under the the shoulder blade in the back, 
So oftentimes people will present with shoulder blade discomfort. Sometimes uh, that's really irritation of the diaphragm from the inflamed gallbladder and that is why you have back pain and I'm thinking that this person may be having uh, gallbladder symptoms. Uh, if you're having pain in the large intestine, which would be below the waist maybe, no, around the waist? Well, it, uh, th let me put it this way. Okay. Uh, the left side of the colon will give you pain on the left side and lower abdomen. Uh, the transition, tra uh, the, the, uh, the right side of the colon will give you right-sided pain but lower, lower abdomen. Um, uh, the middle of the colon will give you pain that's sometimes upper. Most of the time, though, it is below the belly button and across uh, the belly button, uh, or cro um, across the abdomen when it's that middle portion of the colon. The small intestine will give you pain above the belly button. Uh, and classically, when you have an appendix, it starts um, above the belly button, into the belly button, and then it moves to the right lower quadrant, or the right lower abdomen, when um, it starts to get inflamed. Uh, and then when the obstruction becomes dangerous, it isn't this cramping pain that you can't get a, a comfortable place, you're moving all the way around the room. It becomes uh, the pain that hurts when you make any movement. And so you, they, they come, you walk in the room and they're laying on the table perfectly still and they complain because you're walking too heavily across the room because they can feel the vibration. Wow, that's pain. So that's the change. You appendicitis can start with blockage of the sm small intestine, large intestine, right at the appendiceal uh, uh, connection. And so they have that smooth muscle tube obstruction feeling, and then it changes to peritonitis, and you have this pain that is so severe you don't want to move. Okay. So in her case, you're thinking it may not be a it, bowel obstruction. I think it could be gallbladder. It, it could, if it's lower intestine, it might be large intestine. I would recommend uh, that she go to her doctor and get an examination, take a careful history, uh, see what she or he um, uh, thinks and advises. Uh, you know, if you haven't had a colonoscopy, the tightness in the lower intestinal area makes me wonder about the large intestine. Colon cancers, you know, or inflammation of the colon is certainly a concern. The fact that it goes to your back makes me think about gallbladder. Um, and so uh, bowel obstruction uh, sometimes is just previous scar tissue obstruction of the small intestine, and that is more around the umbilicus and um, upper. So it's, it could so be anything from her description, and she needs to be And she seen. shouldn't relieve it. on. She cannot relieve it on her own. What can you do to relieve it? See a doctor. See a right? doctor. See a yeah. doctor. Okay, well, we hope she takes your advice and goes see a doctor. You know, the interesting thing is that what does, um, how good of a pain reliever are, is narcotics for arthritis or for muscle and uh, bone and nerve pain? Not really great. Not really great for muscle and bone and, and nerve pain. Uh, but it's really good for smooth muscle tube pain. Oh. Why, why is that? Because it stops this peristalsis. It slows the peristalsis. So someone who comes in with an obstructed bowel, uh, severe abdominal uh, pain related to uh, 
maybe their baby is being is wanting to come out uh, maybe the gallstone is blocking the bile duct uh, then uh, you get relief from the narcotic because it stops the peristalsis you see so that kind of pain it really helps on the other hand it doesn't solve the problem of the obstruction if there's it's a stone the pain but you it, still have the obstruction you still have the obstruction yeah. and sometimes it will take away the pain and you go oh problem solved no, no. <laughs> problem is not solved you've got to have the problem solved and it covers up the diagnosis so that's why we we're hesitant about giving narcotics to people with uh, 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 the possibility of a gallbladder problem the possibility of uh, of a um, of a of a of a diagnostic uh, uh, going forward and finding out where the obstruction is okay well i think you've really helped her when you brought up painkillers or not narcotic prescriptions i do have a question about opioids this is mine and right. it might be in other people's minds why do doctors prescribe like 30 i've talked to people who have 30 pills this is ridiculous i didn't need 30 mm -hmm. and that seems to be one of the things that people are really upset about that doctors have written prescriptions for too many opioids. Yeah, what do you of think? Course. Well, of course. Who is the fault of the narcotic epidemic? Good question. It's the prescriber. Thank you. I so really we are 100% to blame. Yeah. yeah, you don't hear them taking credit. Yeah, well, and it could be the, the dentists. It could be the uh, uh, PAs and nurse practitioners. Yeah. But it's definitely the MDs. And, you know, oftentimes it's the orthopedist who is, who is trying to make sure that you're happy after the after knee the surgery, knee surgery and and uh, everybody's trying to do the right thing there was a huge emphasis about making sure that people uh are um uh happy and lower their ten their scale of 10 you know all of the scaling what is your pain on a, on a level one to of ten, 10? and the Who answer knows? my answer to 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 you is when people ask you that because the nurses are required to ask that and i mean they're they're going to change that shortly but some of them will still hold on to that routine. And the answer is, I don't like the 10 scale. It hurts a lot, or I'm okay, or I can tolerate it. Let Forget drop the, scale. the 10 scale. Okay. I, you know, I think it's done as harm. Yep. Okay. So if opioids are going to be used to reduce pain for people, uh, I'm hoping that they go to shorter prescriptions. Are right. you and, thinking and the same thing? But the ultimate person to decide is going to be the patient who will say, you know what, I don't need it, and so I'm not going to use it. Or maybe I'll get by with Tylenol and eat. That Tylenol did work, and I can get by without the narcotic. And then after, you know, you're done with the, the, the thing and you're feeling good, take those uh, leftover narcotics and don't put your family at risk and leave them around. Uh, put them in the, the coffee grounds. Throw them away or okay. flush them. I think the coffee ground's a better way. Coffee ground's a good way. Okay, we're going to take our final break. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Happy to have you listening this beautiful, terribly cold morning. <laughs> <sighs> I'll get over it. I'm not sure when, we, but We soon. can talk about cold um, uh, illness. You know, you, you, you know you've heard People of... People who are allergic to cold? 
Yeah, there are people who get hives from cold. Really? Yes, oh my! There is. Well, then I feel fortunate. But the, I but just live with it. The most important thing, if you get over cold, okay, and yes. you get blanched skin, right, frostbite, which means it's frozen. Like you go to the doctor and they freeze skin lesions off with the liquid nitrogen. Same story, right? You're going to have a sloughing of the skin. You can even have blisters from it. My. And, uh, so don't go that long. And if you do have whitening of the skin, blanching of the skin from being out too long, you don't put snow on it. That's the old wives' tale, right? What you do is you rewarm it as soon as you can. Problem is you can't tell how hot the water is that you're going to be using to rewarm your skin. That's the most important way to do it is with, with uh, uh, warm water. But you have someone else test the temperature so that it's safe and you're not burning yourself. And then you uh, get submerged in it. it. You can't tell. When, you're, when your hands are so cold or your face is so cold. Okay, so warm water really is an answer for Warm water is the best the answer and warming up, you know, a hot tub. Okay. Now we had said at the outset we would talk about uh, screening and treatment for cancer. Uh, on the program tomorrow night, you're calling it the good and the bad news of screening and treatment for right. cancer. Right. So a person who has blood in their sputum, needs a workup and a chest x-ray to rule out that they have cancer of the lung. person who has blood in their stool, you presume it's colon cancer until proven otherwise. It could be other things, but you make sure that it's not colon cancer. That's not screening. That's a diagnostic workup for a person who has an abnormal symptomatology. Screening is when a person is perfectly healthy in whatever way, and you're getting a test to pick up for example, breast cancer. You do a mammogram every year, so after age 50. Maybe after age 40, depending upon who you're listening to, or after 40 when your doctor re recommends it. But uh, a screening test is in a normal person. So what are screening tests? An, uh, an example is a PSA. PSA, however, has been criticized, and we should talk about that later. Another screening test is a colonoscopy. I think that's a very good screening test, uh, use it, doing it every 10 years after the age of 50, unless there's abnormality. If there's abnormality, then, it, then you, you do a, uh, it more frequently. Uh, so uh, um, another screening test would be the, the, um, a screening low-dose CT scan of the lung in a person with 30 pack year or more history of smoking um, and that's a screening what was the 30 what did you say 30 what 30 pack year history of smoking so explain that you if you smoke a pack a day for 30 years that's a 30 pack year history if you smoke oh, okay. two packs a day for 15 years that's a 30 pack year history ah so you should be then scanned a a low-dose CT scan of your lungs. And right now, they're recommending that, you know, at age 60 or 65 every year. Um, so uh, the long and the short of, of the CAT scan screening is it's new, but it's probably appropriate. It's, it's recommended. Um, the PSA is not necessarily recommended anymore because it's a kind of a crappy screening test. It will pick up cancer in people who don't have cancer. Or it will miss cancer in people who do have cancer. Kind of a crappy test. Is there it's, any test for brain cancer? There is no good screening test for brain cancer. You don't oh. CAT scan the head 
uh, no way people. to tell. No. no, and there's no screening test for pancreatic cancer. The I'll be honest with you, they did. <coughs> I'm having these obstructions of the bile duct, uh, and they did the uh, gallbladder removal, and they found on um, the test that there was a stricture in the bile duct, which implied that there is a cancer, but it didn't prove it. So they did a brushing uh, and uh, in a, a, where they put a scope down the stomach or the, the mouth, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, and they a tiny little tube that goes out the side and goes into the bile duct and they inject a dye to see what it looked like. And then they put a brush up there and the brushings came back cancer. Uh, when, they f when they found that, uh, they put a, a dilating tube in there to, to open up the blockage. But um, they did a CAT scan to follow that, and the CAT scan was normal. Wow, even though it had already been diagnosed. was proven, called normal. Now, later, other people said, well, no, it's not normal. There was, a, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here it is, maybe, kind of, sort of, you know what I mean? So it wa it's, we, there are certain things we don't have good screening tests for. Okay. For which we have no screening test or a good screening test. So if screening is suggested for you for one reason or another, it's probably a good thing to have it. Is that what you're saying? Like a mammogram. If it's suggested within a certain age, whatever, right. then you probably should follow through and have when it. When the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force recommends it, then it's they, they are careful about it. They don't recommend it unless it should be done. They recommend mammograms every year after 50 and then every two years or something like that. I don't know exactly how that right. goes. Well, whatever their suggestion right. is. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, the, the oh, we're running out of time. We the the, um, the American Gynecological Association says every year after 40. So there's a lot of disagreement, but there, there's some controversy. Hear more about that tomorrow night at right. 7 o'clock. Tomorrow on. night, and you've got a good couple of physicians helping you with yes, the program that should be great should be fun so we hope today you've all have enjoyed our radio program and we'll listen again for prairie doc brought to you by the avira medical group brookings dr holmes on call with the prairie doc television program is tomorrow night at seven o'clock and we do hope you've enjoyed this week we'll be back with us next week rick that's all for now thank you joan and stay healthy out there people